Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, and today I want to talk about uh, something that's kind of been heavy on my heart recently, this idea of our brokenness and uh, the fact that we try to cover up our humanity. And I've mentioned this in some of the other podcasts. I just want to go into depth a little bit about it. This won't be a long podcast, but I think it's an important one to think about because of the way uh, we all think in our world. Uh, All of us are plagued with the problem of self. You know, I'd love to blame my culture, my environment, my upbringing, uh, my parents, my current family situation, my work situation, the the virus situation, uh, all the racial unrest, all the stuff that's going on in the world right now as I'm recording this podcast for my problems. I'd love to blame all of that for my problems, but the truth of the matter is my main problem is sitting in this chair that I'm sitting in right now, and that's me. I'm my main problem, and you are your main problem too. And so, yeah, it's easy to focus on other people, other things, and to to do that, but we need to face the fact that we are broken and in need of God to change us. And so I just want to start in the book of Genesis in chapter 3. I know this is familiar to to all of you, I, I I absolutely love the book of Genesis. It's just a a book of beginnings, of of uh, truth that we need to be aware of and thoughtful about. And so, in Genesis chapter three, verse one, it says, "Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made." He said to the woman, "Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden?" And the woman said to the serpent. We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. I want to stop there. I want to stop there because I want to focus on this loincloth phenomenon that's going along in, in our world, going, you know, everybody's doing this nowadays. We are making sewing fig leaves together to cover our humanity. We don't want people to see our brokenness. We don't want them to see our flaws. And I understand doing things with excellence, doing things in a in a way that that points people to the excellence of God. But we're not God. We're broken. And so we need to be pointing people that way. We're signs, but we're not the destination. You know, if I hop in my car and drive to Montana to Glacier National Park, 
which I am tempted to do <laughs> right now. Uh, it's a long drive. Take me a while. But if I did that and I stopped at the first sign that I saw, it said Glacier, Glacier National Park this way, and I stopped at that sign and said, I've arrived, I've missed it. The sign is not the end game. The sign is what's pointing me to where I want to go. And so you and I are just signs. We're pointing people to, to God. We're not, that's a glorious national park, by the way. If you've ever been to Glacier National Park, uh, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been, uh, try to go there. It's just beautiful. But that national park isn't at the first sign that you come to. The sign is pointing you there. And you and I are signs. We're pointing people to Christ. We're not Christ. So we don't have to be perfect. We want to do things well to, to glorify God? Yes. But sometimes I think glorifying God, people mix that up with having to be perfect and having to have all my ducks in a row and nothing goes wrong. Sometimes we glorify God in how we ask for forgiveness for how we failed. So our humanity, our brokenness, and in this case, as we read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, Adam and Eve had sinned. Their eyes were open. They knew they were naked. And instead of running to God, maybe they didn't really understand how he was going to be because of the effects of sin and how they saw him. They saw him differently than they did the day before, the time before, whenever they had a relationship with him that was unhindered by sin. Now, with sin in their lives, they sewed fig leaves together. They made loincloths. They covered themselves up. And then verse 8 goes on to say, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So now they hear God coming, and they're not thinking about him certainly in the, in the right way and as a redeemer. But they've also done something very wrong, and they're broken. And so instead of hearing God, they're wearing these fig leaves and running to God. They run away from God. They hide. I think about Jonah and how he hid from God, how he ran from God's purpose and tried to thwart that purpose. But God's purpose will never be thwarted. And so the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But look at verse 9. Who does the calling out here? The Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Now, even in their explanations there to God, they are somewhat blame-shifting. I mean, Eve is, is explaining that, yes, the serpent deceived me. Uh, and Adam is saying, this woman whom you gave to me, with this is your idea, God. She gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Both of them are shifting the focus off of themselves. And they're explaining what happened. They're being truthful there in one sense. But the key words here for both of them are the last three words that each of them said, Adam and Eve, I'm talking about. They said, and I ate, and I ate. Adam said it, Eve said it, both of them said, and I ate, which means they took responsibility for what they did wrong. 
And that's such a key part in all of this. And that's what I would encourage you. If you're addicted and you're struggling or you're a family member struggling with someone who's addicted, be yourself. Own what you are and say, yeah, I've blown it. I ate. I did it. I'm wrong. Because when you do that, you have an answer in Jesus Christ. You can't come to Jesus and say, I'm a really good person, Jesus. I do a lot of good things. I help a lot of people. Let me into heaven because of all that I've done. The message of the gospel is opposite that. It's really despite your good good intentions and your good things, um, Jesus is wanting to uh, accept people who understand their brokenness, their sinfulness, and their need for him. That's who gets into heaven, not people who are perfect and do the right thing. I think about the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. In verse 17, it says, And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And and the reason he said that, let me just interject here, is this guy's approaching Jesus like he's a human being only. We know he's also the son of God here, both. But this man is thinking of him as a good teacher, good person. And Jesus corrects him. No one's good, just God alone. And he goes on to say, you know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And and the man said to him, teacher, all these I've kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. So he looks at him and he loves him. And he says to him, you lack one thing. I wish he'd say that to me. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. In other words, be my disciple. I'll care for you and take care of your real needs. Give give everything you've worked for, everything you've done, all of your kingdom, all of the ways you've covered your humanity or tried to cover it by what you've done. Get rid of it. Sell it. Give it to the poor. There'll be treasure for you in heaven. And then come, come to me and follow me. In other words, I want you to be my disciple. And and that's the call for all of us. Do we forsake what we love and what we've done? Do we recognize that we are broken, that we need a Savior? Or do we try to hide it and cover it by being a perfect person on social media and look at all the great things I do and how great I am and all the good things and you know, you should really like me. I'm really cool. I'm really this. I mean, that's kind of what social media is. And Twitter is people just spouting off their political opinions and their this and that. And and, uh, we're all guilty of trying to promote ourselves as the the little G God. We're perfect. We're in control. We we, um, um, cover our humanity. And yet Jesus says, they lack one thing. Quit trying to cover humanity. Just go sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Don't worry about that. Then come follow me. Make yourself dependent upon me. We are weak, needy, and dependent creatures. I heard Paul David Tripp say that, and he is so right. That's the description of who we are, and yet we hate those words, but that's who we are. And so in verse 22 here, 
the rich young ruler, it says, disheartened by the saying. In other words, he wanted to quit. Jesus tells him, you lack one thing. I mean, Jesus would tell me, Mark, you lack 1,150 things. <laughs> Probably a lot higher than that, 1 million things, right? You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have. And because he says this and come follow me, like, make yourself weak and depend on me. Give and and put yourself in a position where you're you're following me and as one of my disciples, and I'll care for you. The man quit, wants to quit. He says, the Bible says it's disheartened by the saying. He wants to quit. He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So he turns and he walks away from the Messiah. And he does so in a sad way. He's, he's sorrowful. He's depressed. He's overcome with, with sadness. And why is it? The Bible gives us the insight because he had great possessions. He'd done a lot of really great things. He'd covered his humanity really, really well. And so I would encourage you, think about where is your identity? How are you trying to cover your humanity, your brokenness? Is it in your children? Is it in your accolades? Is it in your accomplishments? Is that how you cover your frailties? With this uh, virus situation that has swept through 2020, I think the main thing people are missing is we're all frail. Things are bad. And there is no stopping the, the virus and this situation. I mean, it is one that has created universal loss for, for everyone. And so people are hurting People are becoming more aware of their frailties, and you know what they're clinging to? Many people are clinging to things under the sun, as the book of Ecclesiastes calls it. They're clinging to hope in things in this life. I got to tell you, if I'm clinging to things in this life, I, I, I give up. You, 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 you just, you know, the conclusion of that is, uh, it's all vanity. It's it's going to burn up. It's not worth it. That's actually a right conclusion. The but then the right response is to cry out to Jesus and say, God, I want to live a life where I come and follow you. Unlike the rich young ruler who who turned away disheartened and sorrowful away from the Messiah, I want to come to the Messiah. I want to follow you. I want to depend on you, and I want to not cover my humanity, but recognize it because it leads me to you. I need you to be my Savior, to be my Lord. I need you to guide me and teach me. I don't need to be in charge. I don't need to be faking it, pretending that I've got it all together and that I am not frail. I am broken. So I hope this virus is teaching us all that we're broken, frail, fragile people in need of God. And all the other things that are happening in our world right now that are just evil, wicked, and sad, they teach us that, again, we are frail. And I heard somebody say, you know, we're going to get through this. Things are going to be better. It's going to get... God never promises that. I hope you understand. That's not a promise of God. Maybe man says that. Maybe some of our political leaders say that. Maybe... You've heard people in your family say that, but you know what? That's not what God says. It could actually get worse. And if it does, God is still good. 
He's using that to refine your character and make you more like Christ. And he's using that to glorify himself. And so don't believe the lie that things are going to get better. They have to get better. They could get worse and they could get worse quickly. That doesn't mean commit suicide and give up. That doesn't mean fight for the injustices of the world. But that does mean that my hope can't be things under the sun, which is what Ecclesiastes talks about, that my hope is in these things in this world or that I'm even going to find justice in this world. I'm not. I've got to find my satisfaction in one place, my contentment in one place, and that's in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I hope you do too. We'll end with a verse out of Proverbs 28, verse 13 says this, whoever conceals his transgressions or hides his humanity, as I'm talking about here, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. God's not going to bless that because it's in competition to who he is and what he is and what he does. But he who confesses and forsakes them What's the them, that his transgressions that he concealed? If he conceals him, he won't prosper. So with his lips, he confesses it. But with his actions, he forsakes it. That person, he or she, will obtain mercy. In other words, they won't get what they deserve. So confess. Be broken. Confess your humanity. And forsake it. Turn away from it. Turn to God. When you turn away from something, you need to turn to something. And the turn to something is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do that, God says, I'm going to give you mercy. I'm not going to give you what you deserve. What a what a blessing, right? We work so hard to cover our humanity, pretend we've got it all together, conceal our transgressions, look like we're perfect, look like we've we've just arrived and that we're the answer, we're the hope, and counselors do this as much as anybody, try to promise that they are the hope, they are there to help the person that they're counseling. But really, we got to confess, I'm broken, and I'm turning away from my own sin, but I'm turning to, I'm forsaking sin by turning to God. And when we do that, the Bible says, God will be merciful. And he's merciful through Jesus Christ. Jesus got what he didn't deserve, our the wrath from God that was directed or should have been directed to us. Jesus took that wrath upon himself. And we don't receive that wrath that we so deserve, so that is the mercy of God. And I hope this encourages you. Don't be a fake. Don't be a phony. Be real. Own it, be a man, and recognize your brokenness so that God will give you mercy, but also change your character and use all of that to glorify himself. Be a sign that points to the Messiah. Don't make yourself out to be the Messiah. Be a sign. Point people to Jesus Christ. And don't hide behind your fig leaves that you sewn together just like Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, instead run to God and cry out to him for his mercy. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Tune in next time. Take care and God bless.